Welcome to the show. Remember when YouTube and Facebook and Twitter under its previous owners censored the true story about Hunter Biden's laptop? How about censorship of factual statements about SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, and the vaccines? And to be clear, in many instances, posts were removed that were known to be factual at the time they were removed and the user punished. Do you remember after Israeli data showed people with prior infection immunity and no vaccination were one-seventh as likely to become reinfected as vaccinated people, and that factual scientific data was removed from every major platform for no better reason than it might discourage people from getting vaccinated. Platforms also remove content and punished users for posts suggesting that those who were vaccinated were still becoming infected by the virus at fairly high rates. Even though that was known to be factual, it was removed because it was thought that allowing people to hear that truth might dissuade them from getting vaccinated. In other words, factualness was not the issue. Getting you to behave as the establishment wanted you to behave was the goal. I think we can all look back and see how grotesque and reprehensible it was for social media platforms to censor people in order to manipulate public behavior. The question I've posited repeatedly as we've witnessed such un-American totalitarian behavior is, what will Americans do when social media platforms begin censoring speech on matters other than SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, and the vaccines? What happens when the only voice you're allowed to hear in the 21st century digital town square is that of the government and trillion-dollar industries? And any speech conflicting with the government or trillion-dollar industries is removed. A new development just occurred signaling that plan is now moving forward. Stay with me to learn how one of the world's most powerful corporations is about to push America even further down the Orwellian dystopian road. The Dr. Reality Vodcast with Dave Champion. Let's start with this. If you've watched or listened to any of my presentations, you know I have a specific manner of presenting information. I lay the foundation necessary for you to fully appreciate the main point before I present it. I find censorship loathsome. I see censorship as an act of treason against all 334 million Americans. I find it so loathsome, I would support a national law that any government official who engages in censorship or otherwise causes censorship to take place should be tried for treason and, upon conviction, executed. I consider censorship that much of a threat to our liberty. I would also support a law that if any social media corporation doing business in the U.S. engages in censorship, the CEO should be tried for suppression of constitutionally protected rights and upon conviction, imprisoned for a mandatory 20-year sentence. Again, I consider censorship that much a threat to our liberty. Because I consider censorship so great a threat to our freedom, I'm going to lay a good deal of foundation before I get to the news that will... Anger, every red-blooded American. It's a bombshell, so I hope you'll stay with me for it. Censorship has nothing to do with accuracy or factualness. It's all about the establishment altering the behavior of the masses. Censorship also isn't about health or protecting the public. It's about raw, unadulterated power. It is about 
totalitarianism. In the Twitter files, Mac Taibbi wrote that platform censorship was a smashing success of an Orwellian proof of concept. He further wrote, quote, it accelerated the evolution of digital censorship, moving it from judging truth or untruth to a new, scarier model, openly focused on political narratives at the expense of fact. Close quote. To phrase it another way, censorship was employed under the guise of protecting the truth. Government narratives must be considered true. Anyone contradicting the government was accused of spreading misinformation. That construct turns reality on its head. Johns Hopkins University professor Dr. Marty McCary told the House Select Committee on the Coronavirus Pandemic that, quote, the greatest perpetrator of misinformation during the pandemic has been the United States government, close quote. Social media platforms did everything in their power to convince the American people that the government's misinformation was true, while at the same time branding actual truth as misinformation. I should add that in many cases I did not and do not see the government's statements as misinformation. I see them as disinformation, meaning the government knew its claims were false at the time the information was released to the public. We know from the evidence obtained during the discovery in the United States case of Missouri v. Biden that social media platforms and the government conspired to remove content that was averse to government narratives. In other words, social media platforms worked intimately with the federal government to silence American citizens who spoke in opposition to government narratives. The goal of that criminal conspiracy between the U.S. government and social media platforms was to create a false appearance of consensus by silencing any voice speaking against the narratives. If all the public sees and hears is one narrative, there must be consensus, right? And if there is consensus, then the information must be true, right? That totalitarian tactic is also being used with other corrupt establishment narratives, even as we speak. I'd like to share a personal story with you because it will be relevant later in the presentation. In body science, I reveal the truth about how human physiology works. The truth is the opposite of the lies the establishment has been telling the American people for decades, which has intentionally caused America to become the most chronically ill society in all of human history. Because that's where the money is. In Body Science, I discuss the catastrophic economic consequences to various industries if Americans and mass ever learn the truth about how their bodies really function. Because of Body Science, I am well connected with the community of people who have learned the truth and become incredibly healthy. I don't know how many tens of thousands of lives have been positively affected by Body Science, but I am grateful to have been able to share the gift of incredible health with so many people. You may have heard the old adage, nothing succeeds like success. That adage is being proven true because as more and more people learn the physiological truth in body science and implement it in their lives, they have become shining examples of health. Others see that, ask questions about how they did it, and follow suit. Despite writing body science to offer a roadmap to incredible health for all 8.2 billion people on the planet, I admit I'm often cynical concerning humankind. Because of that, I've been surprised, but greatly heartened, to see the truth spreading so rapidly. 
For those who don't know my background, it may surprise you to learn my early years were spent in the warrior community. As a young man, I sought out that community because I am, by nature, a warrior. The first three letters of warrior spell war, and I decided to make war on the false establishment narratives about human physiology that have been killing my countrymen and people all around the world. In other words, body science was an intentional act of war against those who are profiting from the disease-causing disinformation they are spreading. Those entities became so wealthy from the public health consequences of their disinformation that today they use that wealth to influence some of America's most well-respected institutions into promoting their disease-causing lies. How powerful and effective is the establishment's disinformation? Hardly a week goes by that someone doesn't share with me a heartbreaking story of a loved one who is in terrible health but won't adopt the principles in body science because they've been told otherwise by establishment sources they see as authoritative. What's mind-boggling about that dynamic is the person pleading with them to act on the truth and make positive changes has already taken those steps and become incredibly healthy. In other words... The living, breathing truth about human physiology and how to get incredibly healthy is standing right in front of them. Yet they reject what they see with their own eyes because it contradicts the establishment's disinformation. That is the power of the establishment's propaganda. When I say I chose to go to war against those who are profiting from disease-causing disinformation, that's because there is a very real war taking place, a war of ethics, if you will. And I could not, in good conscience, sit on the sidelines. So far, we've talked about censorship of factual news stories, factual scientific data concerning SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, and the vaccines, and the reality that all of that is about totalitarianism. We've also discussed the decades-long disinformation campaign by government and certain trillion-dollar industries that has generated massive wealth for the perpetrators while resulting in massive illness for the American people. I also shared with you the message about how to eradicate those diseases and get incredibly healthy has spread faster than I would have ever imagined. So, with the message of how to get incredibly healthy spreading like wildfire, do you think those trillion-dollar industries and their minions in government and elsewhere in the America's power structure will stand idly by as the truth threatens to disprove their lies that bring them billions of dollars a year? That question brings us to the point of this presentation, which is their latest tactic to promote disease and suppress the truth was recently announced and hasn't even caused a blip on America's radar. The media has purposefully ignored it. Let's talk about one of America's most egregious censorship platforms, YouTube. To give you some idea of the scale of YouTube's ability to silence factual information that conflicts with the establishment narrative, YouTube has publicly stated it removed more than 1 million videos between February 2020 and August 2021. It claims they were, quote, dangerous. But YouTube's definition of dangerous simply means those videos contradicted what Dr. McCary described in his sworn testimony as government disinformation. 
We should also remember that as per the evidence in Missouri v. Biden, YouTube conspired with federal agencies to promote the government's narrative, remove all conflicting facts, and create the false impression of consensus for the purpose of manipulating the American people. And as I mentioned earlier, accuracy and factualness have absolutely nothing to do with YouTube's content removal. I have personal knowledge of this because I was one of the presenters YouTube silenced by removing my channel. All of my content was 100% scientifically factual, yet YouTube removed my channel. Why? Because science contradicted the government's false narrative and YouTube was getting paid millions of dollars by the federal government to censor anything that proved the government's information was non-credible, that it was the misinformation to which Dr. McCary testified before Congress. I should add that anything I said in my videos has been proven 100% factual by subsequent research. But again, and it can't be repeated often enough, YouTube's decision to shut down my channel had nothing to do with science, nothing to do with facts, and nothing to do with truth. It was, and is, totalitarianism. I say it is totalitarianism because even though the federal government has ended its SARS-CoV-2 emergency declaration months ago, YouTube has continued removing life-saving factual content and continues promoting false narratives that promote illness and death. YouTube's community guidelines exist only to perpetrate a scam. Allow me to explain. YouTube doesn't tell a presenter whose content was removed what was allegedly violative. That means presenters cannot effectively appeal. I'm sure it's obvious to you that if YouTube never tells presenters what was allegedly violative, then its community guidelines are nothing more than the public relations part of the scam. If you created a video and spoke for, as an example, 27 minutes on a topic, covered eight different aspects of the matter during those 27 minutes, all of which being factual, but YouTube removed the content claiming it was dangerous while refusing to tell you which statement in those 27 minutes was, as they claimed, dangerous, how could you defend your material from the allegation? Answer, you can't, which is why YouTube's claim of acting in the public interest is a complete fraud. If YouTube was acting for the public's benefit and well-being, when removing content, YouTube would tell you something like this. Six minutes and 35 seconds into your presentation, you said the following. We have determined your statement is false. Because it is false and given the subject it addresses, we consider it dangerous. That would permit an appeal based on the facts, data, and evidence. And that is exactly what YouTube does not want to happen because its entire community guideline scheme is a scam intended to allow it to remove whatever content it wants, whatever it wants, without any disclosure, which means without any recourse available to the presenter. You're probably aware that rigged trials in places like Iran, Russia, and China are hidden from the public and the defendant has no meaningful defense because nothing he or she presents will ever be considered by the judges. The outcome is decided before the trial began. That is exactly how YouTube handles content removal. It's a rigged game, and as we know from Missouri v. Biden and Dr. McCary's testimony, accuracy, factualness, and truth are not even a part of YouTube's decision-making process. What we know took place 
is one of the world's most powerful corporations partnering with the U.S. government to silence the American people and make sure the only voice that could be heard was the government's. If that isn't bad enough, YouTube is taking its anti-American, anti-health censorship to a whole new level. YouTube recently announced it is going to expand its un-American totalitarian actions by removing content that contradicts anything the World Health Organization says concerning, quote, specific health conditions, treatments, and substances where content contradicts the World Health Organization, close quote. In other words, the health and medical claims of unelected bureaucrats, often from countries that aren't democracies and don't allow free speech, are now de facto truth. But if an American disagrees with those claims and says so on YouTube, his words will be de facto disinformation and removed. As an example, the words of an anti-liberty functionary from a totalitarian nation such as Ethiopia speaking for the World Health Organization will stand as irrefutable fact while a conflicting position from an esteemed U.S. expert will be removed as medical misinformation. If an esteemed U.S. medical researcher disagrees with a World Health Organization two, three, or four times, his or her YouTube channel will be removed. No explanation, no meaningful appeal, just gone for having had the audacity to state a position asserting the World Health Organization is wrong about a matter of health or science. In a practical sense, YouTube's new policy is simple. Say the World Health Organization is wrong and you're done. I could share with you the more particularized description of impermissible content that YouTube recently released, but why waste your time? YouTube takes down whatever it wants, whenever it wants, without revealing anything to the presenter, and no viable appeals process exists. Accordingly, particulars are irrelevant because, as mentioned earlier, YouTube's community guidelines are just meaningless public relations bullshit. So, why is YouTube doing this now? Well, there are a couple of reasons. First, because of Missouri v. Biden, social media platforms like YouTube will have to stop conspiring with the government against the American people unless they want to incur considerable liability moving forward. That's because their partner in that conspiracy to undermine the rights of the American people has been the United States government, which is constitutionally prohibited from engaging in suppression of free speech. The World Health Organization is under no such restriction. YouTube conspiring with the World Health Organization to suppress the rights of the American people doesn't present the same potential liability issues as conspiring with the United States government to suppress the rights of the American people. Second, this is YouTube and its parent company, Google, signaling they are 100% on board with the proposed World Health Organization Pandemic Prevention Preparedness and Response Accord, less formally referred to as the WHO Pandemic Treaty. I'm not going to get into the accord today because that would easily add another 30 minutes to this presentation. For today, I'll simply mention that the original draft of the accord contained language that clearly protected the sovereignty of nations such as the U.S. from the accord mandating or compelling compliance. The original language strictly limited the World Health Organization to the role of providing coordinated guidance in terms of global response to the next pandemic who could furnish international guidance but could not mandate compliance from the signatories. However, 
In the several months since the first public draft was released, numerous changes have taken place, striking language that was seen as protecting national sovereignty and adding language that can easily be interpreted as providing the World Health Organization with the power to compel compliance from the signatories, including the U.S. In the event of another pandemic, the definition of which could be changed by the World Health Organization at any time, as far as YouTube is concerned, who would tell the world what's true and what's false? Not the U.S. government, and certainly not any medical expert, researcher, virologist, immunologist, vaccinologist, physiologist, etc. here in the U.S. If those people attempted to open a debate about the accuracy or factualness of the World Health Organization's orders, those people will be silenced. Once the World Health Organization issues its dictatorial orders, debate will not be permitted on YouTube. Those who support the WHO pandemic accord claim it contains no enforcement mechanism, thus protecting the independent decision-making freedom of the signatory nations. And while it's true the pandemic accord has no specific enforcement mechanism, the newly inserted language will be interpreted to empower the World Health Organization to compel compliance through another UN body. I don't think anyone doubts the economic health of virtually every nation relies on global trade. If a nation can be denied the ability to engage in global trade, its economy will suffer immeasurably, as will its residents. And this brings us to the pandemic accord and the World Trade Organization. In order to keep this lengthy presentation from being even longer, I'm not going to talk a lot about the World Trade Organization or the Marrakesh Agreement that created the World Trade Organization. The critical aspect of the World Trade Organization is that all member nations have agreed to submit themselves to a legally binding means of dispute resolution. And what, you may ask, is one of the trade aspects that can be submitted for a legally binding resolution? The answer is... If a member nation does not adhere to something the Marrakesh Agreement calls, quote, agreement on sanitary or phytosanitary measures, close quote. And what does that mean? Reading from the Marrakesh Agreement website, it means, quote, no member should be prevented from adopting or enforcing measures necessary to protect human, animal, or plant life or health. In the context of today's discussion, if we remove the part about animals and plants, it reads, no member should be prevented from adopting or enforcing measures necessary to protect human health. And where might those measurements come from, you ask? The agreement goes on to talk about, quote, the important contribution that international standards, guidelines, and recommendations can make in this regard. Hmm. International Standards, Guidelines, and Recommendations. Which organization do you think might be issuing those International Standards, Guidelines, and Recommendations? Well, that question is answered in the agreement when it says, quote, to further the use of harmonized sanitary measures between members on the basis of international standards, guidelines, and recommendations developed by the relevant international organizations. Let's see now. If health is the issue on the table before the World Trade Organization, and the UN has an organization that claims to be the world's expert on health, do you think the World Trade Organization might choose the World Health Organization as the, quote, 
relevant international organization that would set the international standards, guidelines, and recommendations used in the legally binding dispute resolution? Let's say at the time of a future pandemic, which could mean lots of different things if the definition of pandemic is changed again, as it has been in the past, the U.S. has a president who isn't buying the bullshit the World Health Organization is selling, and so he or she refuses to go along with whose standards, guidelines, and recommendations. In response, a complaint is filed against the U.S. with the World Trade Organization. The U.S., being a signatory to the Marrakesh Agreement, must submit itself to the judgment of the World Trade Organization. When adjudicating the dispute, the World Trade Organization applies the World Health Organization's standards and guidelines, which the U.S. has already rejected. As you can see, the fix would be in. The World Trade Organization would rule against the U.S. based on whose standards and guidelines, and the U.S. would then be punished by the World Trade Organization. And since the issue is, quote, measures necessary to protect human health, the World Trade Organization then bars the U.S. from exporting any goods to any of the other 163 nations, which, by the way, represents 98% of global trade. So now the U.S. is faced with the choice of reversing itself and capitulating to the demands of the World Health Organization or refusing to capitulate, which would utterly devastate the U.S. economy. But wait, I thought there was no enforcement mechanism. Let's return to the issue of silencing Americans, both the common man as well as U.S. experts who disagree with the World Health Organization. Anyone with their eyes open knows there is an establishment push to get people to stop eating meat. And like so many other establishment agendas, the various components of the establishment don't care if they have to lie to manipulate the public into obedience to the agenda. Several months ago, I provided examples of medical doctors blatantly lying in order to promote such agendas. Those lies included... <laughs> Absurd claims such as saturated fat causes osteoporosis. You shouldn't eat liver because it's filled with toxins. And eating red meat causes diabetes. I'll put a link to that video in the notes. Here are some things we know. We know the establishment's agenda is to get people to stop eating meat. We know that to manipulate the public into compliance with its agenda, the establishment has no problem lying to your face. We know the World Health Organization is a key player in pushing the establishment's agendas. So, under YouTube's expanded censorship, what happens when the World Health Organization makes an absurd claim such as, as an example, eating meat causes diabetes? Although that claim is easily debunked scientifically, as well as by simple common-sense observation, YouTube will not allow anyone to present the science that would disprove the World Health Organization's claim, nor would YouTube allow anyone to direct people to the simple common-sense observation that would disprove it. I know from my experience with YouTube that a presenter can't even present the evidence, decline to state a conclusion, and merely suggest the audience reach its own conclusions. If the evidence disproves an establishment narrative, the evidence will be removed Period. Think about that. YouTube will remove evidence that proves things the World Health Organization says are inaccurate and non-factual. 
Remember when earlier I said, with the message of how to get incredibly healthy spreading like wildfire, do you think those trillion-dollar industries and their minions in government and elsewhere in America's power structure will stand by idly as the truth threatens to disprove their lies that bring in billions of dollars a year? Answer, they're not standing idly by. They are weaponizing YouTube and the World Health Organization in terms of future medical occurrences, as well as promoting future who false health claims that will make Americans more ill than they already are. And they already are the most diseased people on the planet. I don't say that rhetorically. The American people are literally the most diseased people in all of human history. For the benefit of various industries, YouTube and the World Health Organization intend to make that terrible situation even worse. And censorship is one of their primary tools. Make no mistake, industries such as Big Pharma, Big Med, and Big Food pay YouTube millions of dollars a year to suppress speech that will harm their revenue, such as the truth about human physiology I lay out in body science. I should also mention that I imagine in the not-too-distant future, Facebook will enact the same expanded censorship policy on the same topics and for the same reasons we've just discussed. What can we do about the coming storm of health lies and the platforms such as YouTube and Facebook that will promote and protect those lies through censorship? In my opinion, the first step must be for the American people to demand their elected officials in D.C. pass legislation making it a criminal offense for social media companies to censor the speech of the American people. This will not be an easy fight because the forces pushing lies and supporting censorship donate obscene amounts of money to politicians in D.C. It is nevertheless something we must achieve if we wish to preserve our liberty. I know some folks believe private corporations are free to do anything they want. That belief is 100% legally false. Corporations have zero inherent rights. Corporations are creatures of the state. People have unalienable rights. Corporations only have privileges granted to them in law. Those privileges, euphemistically called rights, can be altered, modified, or abolished as the legislature sees fit. If a corporation violates the rights of the American people, Congress is free to pass legislation prohibiting corporations from doing so. In other words, there's nothing stopping Congress from enacting a statute that makes it a crime for social media platforms to silence the speech of the American people. Next, the only free speech platform of the big three is X, formerly Twitter. Open an account on X. Share your thoughts there. Be an example. Support a platform that supports free speech. I'm not saying you have to dump other platforms, but certainly set yourself up on X and engage there every bit as much or more than you do on anti-American platforms like YouTube and Facebook. YouTube and Facebook are the problem. X is your alternative to supporting anti-American douchebags who actively support totalitarianism. I'll put the link to my X profile down in the notes. In terms of video platform alternatives to YouTube, there are several that do not engage in anti-American censorship. The largest and arguably most well-respected is Rumble. That's the home of my video content. I encourage you to sign up for Rumble, post your video content there, or consume content there rather than on YouTube whenever possible. Once you sign up with Rumble, I hope you'll follow my channel. I'll put the link down in the notes. 
I should add that as of several months ago, X users can now upload video up to two hours in length natively to X. Accordingly, I also now upload my video content to X because I support both censorship-free platforms. This presentation has been about the protection and promotion of false narratives and the suppression of factual narratives by social media platforms. The perpetrators are the United States government, YouTube, Facebook, and the World Health Organization. After what we experienced over the last few years, we might expect censorship to end, but in reality, it's increasing. Earlier, I shared some thoughts with you about body science telling you it would be relevant. We've reached that point. Body science begins by detailing 60 years of industry and government disinformation about nutritional physiology. It then explains how human physiology really works, followed by, and here's the relevant part, simple explanations concerning how not to get metabolic disease, insulin resistance, type 2 diabetes, hypertension, cancer, heart disease, Alzheimer's, and obesity. But guess what? There is zero money for big med, big pharma, or big food when people follow the simple explanation in body science to stop those diseases from occurring or correct them if they've already occurred. 2020, 2021, and 2022 showed us that the World Health Organization is thoroughly compromised by big pharma. For the sake of illustration, Let's say that beginning tomorrow, all 334 million Americans followed the simple instructions in body science to prevent metabolic disease, insulin resistance, type 2 diabetes, hypertension, cancer, heart disease, Alzheimer's, and obesity. If that happened, within a year, Big Pharma's revenue would experience a catastrophic decline, probably in the range of 50%. The impact would be even more profound for Big Med, and it would completely devastate Big Food. Accordingly, how long do you think it will be until the World Health Organization says each of the principles laid out in body science is misinformation? The consequence of that action by who will be that the life-saving truths in body science will be removed any time they're placed on social media, while the false narratives that make Big Pharma, Big Med, and Big Food trillions of dollars annually will be promoted and protected by platforms such as YouTube and Facebook. I'm sure you see where this is going. Whether it's SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, mRNA vaccines, or preventing disease, the only voices that will be allowed to be heard are those of the government and trillion-dollar industry. False narratives creating corporate wealth will be allowed, while factual science will be removed to protect those wealth-producing narratives. And to be clear, if you get sick and die due to their promotion and protection of false narratives, YouTube doesn't care. Facebook doesn't care. Who doesn't care? What other truths may wind up subject to social media censorship? The government would give anything to stop the truth of the income tax from spreading. The truth being that Congress has never imposed the income tax on ordinary working Americans. But the government is constrained by the Constitution from banning books like Income Tax Shattering the Myths, which lays out in a clear, concise, and irrefutable manner what the law really says, which is that ordinary working Americans do not owe income tax and never have. And the message is spreading at an ever-increasing rate. So how might the government censor that truth? 
One example might be for the Treasury Department to quietly reach out to an institution such as the American Institute of CPAs. The Institute would then make a false public proclamation that the income tax applies to everyone. YouTube and Facebook would use that proclamation to justify censoring the truth so the government can continue collecting trillions of dollars from the American people every year and the accounting industry which is represented by the American Institute of CPAs, can continue raking in billions, literally billions of dollars every year. And just as we've discussed throughout this presentation, YouTube and Facebook removing content is not about truth. It's about money. How much money do you think the accounting industry would pay YouTube and Facebook to silence the truth that would literally destroy their industry if the American people learned about it and acted on it. The accounting industry paying YouTube and Facebook tens of millions of dollars a year to protect billions of dollars in annual revenue is a no-brainer for them. As platforms like YouTube and Facebook silence Americans on an ever-growing list of subjects, I hope a grassroots movement will rise up and demand that our representatives in Congress criminalize this un-American, freedom-destroying conduct as things stand now, the 21st century digital town square is expanding its censorship, engaging in progressively more censorship. Fortunately, in America, at least for now, books cannot be censored. For that reason, I encourage you to go to my website, drreality.news, drreality.news, and pick up a copy of Income Tax, Shattering the Mist, and Body Science. This is a particularly good time to do so because I'm running a special on them. If you purchase the bundle containing them both, you'll get 15% off the price of Income Tax Shattering the Mist and free shipping on the order. Use coupon code FREEBIE. I'll put the link to the bundle and the code in the notes. If you'd like to get Income Tax Shattering the Mist by itself, I'll still give you 15% off. Use the coupon code OWNIT. I'll put the link and the code in the notes. By purchasing Income Tax Shattering the Mist and or Body Science, you also help me to be here for you with these thought-provoking presentations. I hope you'll share this information with everyone. Thanks for being here. Take care.